Welcome to the Marinade with Jason Earl. Thank you so much for coming along on this journey with us. We're on episode five with the great Oliver Wood of the Wood Brothers. When you think about starting your own podcast, there has to be these ideas in your head of what you want it to look like. And of course, when I knew I was going to interview people that I really respected about their creative process, I had a list of people in mind. I knew there were certain names that I definitely wanted to catch up with, and I've had the, the great fortune of catching up with several of those people already. Oliver Wood was very high on that list. I had the honor of interviewing him ahead of Swanee Roots Revival in 2016, and we had a great conversation on the phone, and I thought in that moment, next time he's around, I'm going to make sure that I catch him for the podcast. So thankful that Oliver sat down with us. Really thoughtful guy. Incredibly busy on a day like that when you're the headliner at a festival like Swanee Roots Revival, but he still sat down and was very thoughtful and took his time with his answers, and we got deep on a bunch of different topics. One of the things that we talk about is uh, Colonel Bruce Hampton, and Colonel Bruce is someone whose music I've really respected and loved for a long time. He was kind of a mentor for Oliver, and I got to interview Bruce at Swanee Roots last year, where we talked about a lot of different things, including the fact that Oliver said that if he could just jam with anybody on the lineup, anybody at Swanee Roots Revival, that he'd want to do a duet with the late, great Colonel Bruce Hampton. And so I've included a snippet of that conversation with Bruce at the beginning of this conversation, because I think it informs where Oliver and I sort of intersect and how we ended up um, meeting and having these conversations. It's really cool to think about the role of mentors in your life, um, especially when you talk about creativity, you talk about creative endeavors. It's really important to have somebody you can look to and ask questions of and somebody who's been there and somebody who's made the mistakes that you're making and somebody who's pushed forward and gotten better as a result of that growth. So it's really cool that I got a chance to talk to Oliver at the same spot where I got to talk to Colonel Bruce. And Oliver and I are caught up in his dressing room behind backstage at the amphitheater stage at Swanee Roots Revival. Chris Wood walks through at some point with his bass. It was a really cool scene. And then they went out and played a raucous, joyous, fantastic set. So grateful that he took the time to talk with us. Thank you guys so much for tuning into the Marinade. Listen to episode four if you haven't already, and catch up on the other episodes if need be. We're really grateful for all of your love and support. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash marinade podcast. We're on Instagram at marinade underscore podcast on Twitter at marinade podcast. You can find some of my writings on Instagram as well. I write short stories and prose. And if you're into that kind of thing, check it out. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, Oliver Wood of the Wood Brothers. After you hear a little snippet of Colonel Bruce Hampton talking about Oliver. I talked to um, Oliver Wood. I didn't get to um, podcast it, but I talked to Oliver Wood oh, did last week. Last week, yeah. Yeah. He's his, brother, his brother's out of surgery, I know, two days. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, I think he's going to be fine. Good. Well, you know, he had such nice things to say about you. That's very kind, man. I've had nicer things to say about him than he would about me. He, well, because I, I asked him who he'd want to play with, like if he could have a dream jam session mm-hmm. here. 
And he goes, honestly, I'd just like to do it with Colonel Bruce, just the duet. That's quite an honor. Right? I've uh, been following Oliver since I guess he was 22. Yeah. And uh, always loved his playing. And personally, just a wonderful guy. And I asked him, like, okay, do you know Colonel Bruce that well? He said you were like a mentor to him. You know, that's the way he described it. And, Very, um, he was a mentor to me also. That's awesome. So thank you so much again for sitting down with us. We talked last year about um, uh, right before Swanee Roots, and then unfortunately you had to cancel. Cause you're, how's your brother doing, by the way? He's doing great. In fact, good. I wouldn't be surprised if he walks in and we're looking for his phone in a minute. Okay, good. All right. 2017. Yeah. Um, the, the, the conversation that we had, we talked about creativity a little bit in your creative process, and you mentioned um, that food really inspires you. Mm. Um, and you talked about like – I forget what the meal was, but you ended up talking about this meal, and you were so passionate about it. <laughs> I don't remember the specific specifics, but yeah, that can be that's a, that's an art, you know. Food is food is art. To what? So, is there anything specifically recently that's really got you fired up that you've eaten or you've made, maybe? Sadly, today I've only been to Waffle House and Moe's. Oh, so, man. No, so the answer is How no. How stirring! Yeah. So, so in that regard, I have not. I've definitely not. Uh, I have not been inspired today uh, culinarily. You know, if we have an awesome dinner, we're going to have an awesome gig. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, But I guess it, it doesn't have to be, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it doesn't have to necessarily be at a fancy place or something special. No, I mean, Waffle could House be could like be that amazing moment. Amazing fried chicken or, or, you know, something something a little more down home. But if, if, you, if it just has some kind of a certain you know, specialness to it and vibe and somebody cooked it for you with love and uh, that can make all the difference. You know? Was there like a, growing up, was there something um, in food or there was there like a grandma or grandpa or mom or dad or somebody who was like really cooking that meal that fired you up? <laughs> um, I, I would say our mom was an amazing cook, but I, but uh, there were certain dishes, especially like, like my mom and her mom, like our grandmother, there were certain things that that they always made that that we really loved that uh that we requested and um so i mean there's things like that but i, I don't know that anybody in our direct family was an amazing cook like my brother's probably a better cook than than most of us well but that's that's the thing you said oliver though that you know that and you just mentioned it again that it on the road and i would imagine on the road also <laughs> that you need those moments too for a little bit of sanity um do, do you when you're on the road do you find yourself writing then or do you have to have a place or what does that process looks like R- writing yeah uh it can really vary sometimes we'll get into real uh writing mode and i, I actually for whatever reason i had most of the day in the hotel today and got inspired and did some writing um and you know a lot of times like we just finished a record recording a record and Awesome. Uh, so we did lots of writing and sort of had this writing spurt. And then a lot of times what happens is when you finish that, you feel like kind of drained and you you kind of step away from the creative thing for a while. Although we're making efforts now just to sort of continue the the uh, momentum that we've had and just keep writing and keep recording and, and just sort of make that a, a ritual rather than just a seasonal thing, you know. 
Yeah. I love the last record. Um, <coughs> Thank it, you. It's really wonderful. Thank so. you. Um, I, I'm excited about the new one. Is it different um, direction-wise? It sounds similar? Uh, I think it's quite different. Um, I think it's quite different. We really uh, took our time with it, and we rather than sort of do the normal thing where you write a bunch of songs and then take two weeks and just rec- record them all in one sitting, we, uh, we really, over the last nine months, uh, just on and off, went in and out of the studio and wrote stuff while we were on tour together and uh, and sort of just recorded one or two songs at a time and really put a little extra love into each one of them rather than rushing through the process. We, we kind of got to spread it out, and that was uh, kind of different for us. We've never done it like that before. So uh, so musically, that what that allowed for, too, is like we to record it in, in different places and with different engineers. We produced it ourselves, and it it ended up being sort of more of a hodgepodge, so it's a little bit more all over the place, which is kind of how we liked it. It was almost like each song has its own little world, and um, that was kind of, um, you know, by by the nature of how we did it, that's how it kind of came out. We liked that concept, especially nowadays where people aren't necessarily even consuming whole albums, right? A lot of times people just listen to songs, and they as far as they get is one song or a couple yeah. songs in or they might hear a song on a playlist or something and then so anyway yeah that's it's a uh, i don't understand that really i mean i guess i i do but uh, i'm i'm having a hard time with it just because i do can i consume albums right and um i don't know if that's because i'm old-fashioned or because i just like the whole piece or what yeah but there's this really great podcast called um I only listen to the mountain goats. I don't know that. You know, uh, Welcome to Night Vale. Are mm. you familiar with that? And it's this great fictional podcast. And the 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 creator of that has this podcast called I Only Listen to the Mountain Goats. And so John Danielle, the the sort of mastermind behind the Mountain Goats, mm. and this guy sit down and talk about just the Mountain Goats records. Oh God. And he was talking about how sequence really matters to him. Yeah. You were just saying each song. Yeah just sort of has its own world exists in its own world yeah. so does not mean that sequence doesn't matter we did we did uh agonize over the sequence and we always do because there's certain things that flow better always yeah. um but uh maybe this record less than some of the other our other records uh doesn't feel like it needs to be cohesive like we that was what was cool like when we mix a record you know the standard thing to do is send your whole album to one person and they mix the whole thing and there's a certain homogenous thing that's generally desirable that you're going for but in our case we had four different people mix the album different songs were mixed by different people so right there and then the songs were recorded by a couple different people so right there you just have a variety sort of built into it that um uh you know when somebody mixes a song they it's kind of fun to let them do their thing and even though we might have some influence on it, uh, it's they're, they're artists too, and they're creating something. And so, I don't know, it's kind of neat to, to have a, a variety for a change instead of having one sort of homogenous sonic landscape. You know, I feel like it jumps around a little bit. Are you okay with that? Uh, letting go? Very. Yeah, really? I'm yeah. letting go of the control. That's yeah. It's not, not easy, but um, I think we're getting good at, at it, and we're getting good at balancing you know the idea of knowing what we want and controlling things to a certain degree but then also 
letting go and see just you know especially when you find somebody that you trust that you work with it's like working with a producer or co-writing a song with somebody and just knowing that they do something great and trusting that it's going to be good you know yeah well i guess you uh, you just have to be intentional about surrounding <coughs> yourself with people that you trust and yeah it's all yeah. about trust in that instance yeah. yeah i mean speaking of trust um so i it, I want to take it to, to the Colonel Bruce thing. Yeah. Um, you know, condolences. Uh, I know he was a big influence in mm-hmm. your life. Mm-hmm. Um, I had the honor of talking to him last year, like I said. Mm-hmm. And I asked you last year before this festival, I asked you who you'd want to play with if you could have, like, a, you had your druthers and you could have, like, a dream jam session. Mm-hmm. And you said, I just want to play with Colonel Bruce. Mm-hmm. And there were all these amazing artists. Mm-hmm. Um, can you speak a little bit about just his influence on your life? Um, well, I've, I've known, uh, I, I got to know him a long time ago. Uh, first off when I lived in Atlanta, um, in the early nineties, I was touring with a guy named Tinsley Ellis, which we may have talked about last time. I can't remember. Yeah, I think we did. And, uh, and Tinsley was friends with Bruce and that was during the cur- the aquarium rescue unit days. Mm-hmm. And so we did a lot of touring with the aquarium rescue unit and, uh, and so I got to know all of those guys. That's where I met, uh, you know, Jimmy Herring and O'Teal and Jeff F. Jeff Sipe, and that was that era of of the Aquarium Rescue Unit. And yeah. so you know, that's where I got to spend time with Bruce at first when I was I was quite young. And uh, years later, he would ended up marrying my wife and me. He was our, our it's pastor. Amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, and. Uh, and then, you know, on that last day, that concert that we had, he, he, uh, there's a long story behind it, but he brought me, um, uh, a Snooks Eaglin record. Snooks Eaglin is a, my favorite guitar player. He, is, he was a blind guitar player out of New Orleans. So a little bit obscure to, to the non-music geek, you know, but Bruce remembered that, you know, from 30 years back, you know, that that was my favorite guitar player. And that night on his birthday, he brought me a CD of that and, and I'm sure he, you know, blew a few other people's minds with gifts and stories. Oh and so anyway, I have uh, super fond memories of just him and his his influence is great just because of his attitude and his, uh, you know, I love how serious he was about music. Like he was really serious about music, yet he was not serious. He yeah, was yeah. not too serious about himself. And I think that's one thing I try to remember all the time you know be serious about the music and and uh but but don't get too serious about yourself Oliver, he said <laughs> that to me <coughs> oh i'm sure did you he know, really yeah, cause yeah I, i've cause heard I, him say it i've right. heard him say it i mean that and i've that stuck with me and he doesn't even have to say it he, he lived it yeah because you know? he, he said it. he said something to the effect of like uh, i told him how i i've been accused of probably rightfully so that i'm i take things too seriously sometimes right and so I mentioned that to him, and he goes, he said in that, in that like, booming, you know, mm-hmm. that presence that he had. Yeah. And he said, you know what's, what you should take seriously and what you shouldn't. He yeah. said, I don't know, but you know. Yeah. And take those things seriously. And then yeah. he said, the key to life is being, uh, don't act like a child, but have a childlike wonder. Yeah. Yeah. And that seems to be how he lived. <coughs> I think he did. I think he did to the, to the end. Did you guys write together? Did we write together? That music? Uh, I wouldn't say that. No. 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 Um, I mean, I got to play with him a few times. I I really wasn't like 
you know, I got I went year a year at a time without seeing Bruce a lot of times. So yeah, yeah. Um, but there was always a connection. He was a good at staying connected. You know, that's amazing. And in that memory too, you mm-hmm. know, like you said, he mem- he remembered thirty years earlier. Yeah, uh, just a ridiculous memory. It's crazy. Yeah, and uh, and, and, and such an intuition. You know, I stumped him. I told him about uh. He was on an episode of Space Ghost Coast to Coast. Okay. <laughs> and I stumped him because he was like, oh, yeah, I was on that episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's just crazy to think that someone would create that much. Right. Um, and so much so that they just forgot. Right. <laughs> forgot stuff. Right. What are you consuming now? Uh, music, books, what What are you consuming? Oh, man, I'm reading uh, Sam Cooke biography, Greg Allman biography. Uh, There's a theme there. Iron John, which is a cool book that my brother just gave me. Uh, uh, what else? Um, Nina Simone. Uh, uh, listening to me, Nina Simone. <coughs> listening to yeah. Nina Simone. Um, trying to think what's the anything new. I mean, I'm, I'm always listening to the old stuff. A lot of Snooks Eaglin, J.B. Lenore, uh, stuff that I love. You told me before that uh, last year you said that, like, really what you're, if you're listen, listening, 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 you're usually listening to old blues stuff. That's what you're listening to. Is that still true? Um, yeah, I mean, in general, I've certainly listened to w- plenty of that stuff. And I like, but I also like old country. I love H- Hank Williams and, mm-hmm. um, and I love old Appalachian music. I love gospel music of pretty much every every era and uh, getting into the Sam Cooke book I started checking out a lot more gospel stuff and I love Mahalia Jackson and I love Aretha Franklin's gospel and uh, and you know Soulster or Sam Cooke before before he was uh, doing secular music and so uh, I love all that stuff that um, <coughs> that gospel stuff what is uh, I know there's an infectious thing about that and you know I grew up excuse me going to church so there's some of that nostalgia almost to it. Yeah. What is that for you? Uh, I did not grow up going to church, but I just got really into, in the same way that I was drawn to blues music always, just the rawness and the, the emotional immediacy of it. Uh, same thing for gospel music. Um, and they're so connected. I mean, uh, there's, there's not a lot of difference really in the spirit of it, even, yeah. even though... They have their, you know, they happen in different venues, and there's supposedly a different, adi- you know, a different inspiration. But, but uh, to me, it's very much the same thing, and it, and uh, it's, it makes you feel good, and it makes everybody who's listening and who's per- per- participating feel good, and that's what it's supposed to do, you know. Yeah, emotional immediacy is a really good <coughs> phrase. It's a really good term. Yeah. Uh, does that translate into? what you do writing wise uh i hope so i mean i I certainly try yeah i mean i feel it but i just wonder whether you're conscious of it oh uh i don't know i think the the best things that happen are are subconscious things and so it seems like anytime i really try to do something it's not as good as if i just if it just happens (laughs) yeah if i just do it you know i think it's kind of one of those things where where uh, actually Colonel Bruce one time 
Never, he said, never focus. He said, never focus, which, uh, which sounds what? counterintuitive, <laughs> but, but I think I know what he means. I'm, it, it means, you know, that's what it means to me is it, the best stuff is when you're not trying, you're just doing, you know, you're just being and doing. You're just, the best stuff comes out when you're not thinking about it. In other words, thinking is the last thing you want to do. That's yeah. interesting because I feel like a lot of folks that I talk to, you know, I have these conversations a lot, and a lot of artists that I talk to say that they sit down and do the work. Like, you wake up, and it's like, you know, I got to get up, I got to put pen to paper, and I got to create, mm-hmm. you know, something that sucks uh, before I can get to the, the strong thing. Yeah. And, and in that process, it's a strong thing. But mm-hmm. in my mind, I guess, growing up, maybe, and maybe there's this romanticized idea of creativity. Mm-hmm. where I always thought sort of it's going to happen when it happens, which is, I don't know if that's exactly what you're saying. Well, it, 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 yeah, it's going to happen when it happens. That doesn't mean you shouldn't go and have to be disciplined and go work on stuff. Yeah. Uh, in fact, it's, you, you should, you know, but I think it's when you're not paying attention that the magic happens. Mm. Like you could be, I could be right having these brilliant idea and just writing it and trying to force it. And then, and then some something out of nowhere makes an idea come, and it's not like it's not like you can you can you can be inspired, but you can't be inspired on purpose. I, I can't like you can just try, and you can basically like I've heard it put, you can just show up and wait, and and you know put your pen down and start writing, and when it comes, it's gonna come. It's not something you can force. That's for for me. That's the way it is, and it could be. Musically or lyrically or whatever. I might challenge you on that a little bit, just in the sense that mm-hmm. you're, but at the same time, you're doing all these other things that lead to that. Does that make sense? So yeah, you're reading all these books. And, Absolutely. Right? So so you, you need all the input. Absolutely, yeah, you yeah, have yeah, to yeah. put input data in order to get something to to happen. Uh, so that's absolutely true. And and all your inspiration is going to come from those uh, those experiences or those things that you're taking in and that's for sure that's for sure but that's not uh yeah you're feeding the the well somehow Mm -hmm. but then i guess the point point is that you there's a certain part you do not have control of and that's Mm. the part that's that's that you got to honor somehow you know I'm I'm dealing with that right now. Just like, and that's why I, I think that's why I asked you the question earlier about letting go to an engineer or a producer yeah. or whoever. Yeah. Is that I'm really thinking about that that concept of you don't really have control. Yeah. Well, I think everything to me is balance. So you have to work hard. You have to show up. You have to try. Um, and you also have to trust that once in a while when you get out of your own way you're you, the good stuff's going to come out if you put in that practice it, so i think it's, it's all one package it's all a balancing act it's a balance of working and being inspired yeah. you know and uh and some people you know are just amazing at getting out of their own way and like some of these guys that are like eminem or somebody who can just freestyle rapping you know that's amazing to it's me incredible. it's incredible and it's uh you know there's a certain just pure like state of mind and i you know i used to see bruce get in that state of mind on a special night you know with his uh just stuff he would start spouting out or whether it was on his guitar or just vocalizing and and 
you know, we couldn't do it every day, you know, mm-hmm. no, I mean, few of us can, are in control of it. In other words, you just you get up on stage, sometimes it just comes out and you're just on. And other times you just, no matter how hard you try, nothing's happened. So um, we're all the same in that regard. And I think that's true no matter what the discipline, yeah. you know, and that's a wild concept that like we expect people to be on all yeah. the damn time. Mm-hmm. We expect everyone to be on all the time, and that's yeah. not realistic. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, so you can't beat yourself up when nothing's you're not inspired enough. Do you beat yourself up? Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but also less and less. Less and good. less. Like the older I get, the more, the less I, uh, the more th- I let things slide. But Has yeah, that, was there a turning that. point for you? At, or no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Just very Classic. gradual. Yeah. Still learning, still growing. Long way to go. I got a long way to go too, and yeah, it's we all do. recently I've, I've gotten better, but I just did it today. I beat myself up all morning over yeah. something I had zero control over. Yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah, and I went, dude, you you've been working on this. Yeah. <laughs> you've been having this conversation. You know what? My favorite thing I I heard uh, was like a, a, some kind of study or survey of a bunch of senior citizens, and they all they were all asked, you know, what what's your biggest regret? at this late point in your life there's like they, they all said it's because I, I hate that I worried so much I wasted so much time worrying and that really I always remember that because it's like of course what think of all the worrying that we've done about stuff and beating ourselves up that did app did nothing it absolutely wasted time you know it did negative things it did exactly it goes I'm convinced I just had I just had uh, um, a, 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 uh, my appendix taken out oh and wow I, yeah and I'm convinced that what was going on there mm-hmm. is purely psychological like I, Got it. I mean it's physical obviously but I get it I get I'm it I'm convinced sure. that my anxiety and my worry yeah. led to that yeah yeah and it makes no sense why why beat yourself up about these things you have no control over? I mean, yeah. obviously, control the things you can control. Yeah. Right? It's balance. It's it balance. is balance. It's balance. What do you do to stay centered? What do you do to stay balanced? Um, well, I, I don't know. I try to do a little bit of meditating, a little bit of yoga, a little bit of exercise, trying to stay connected with people. I feel like connection with other people is very important. Um, whether it's a one-on-one thing or you know it's one it's really the my favorite thing about playing music now is just connecting to an audience and to the band I'm playing with and and uh, it's less the rock and roll part of it than it used to be and more now just the, the spiritual feeling of just everybody being connected and sort of rising up together I don't know that's, that's just a big high you know that's clearly that clearly means a lot to you, you mentioned that last time we talked yeah that's, that's clearly that's something huge. you think about that's huge I just hearing from people that oh this has really been healing to me or, or mm. got me through something that makes it feel like real important work. You know? That's amazing. It is yeah. important work, yeah. and that's great that you feel that. Yeah, because it can feel real indulgent sometimes, or it can feel the opposite and feel like what the hell are we doing out here? You know, away from our families and and scraping by and eating crappy food and stuff. And then, um, <laughs> but then it comes back around to that. Oh yeah, we're 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 helping. We're making people happy and. and makes us feel good to do that you're changing people's lives too i mean and i hope you're aware of that you know it feels good good that's great yeah i mean the 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 folks that you know there are people that are going to be here your sets at 10 i think right Mm -hmm. there are people that are going to be here at 10 at spirit of the swanee music park yeah who bought that ticket just to see you guys yeah well we're we're looking forward to playing for them yeah that's great man 
Um, last thing, uh, if I can, the you just got off uh, tour with uh, the Derek and Susan, didn't mm-hmm. you? How was that? It was awesome. <laughs> it was a real highlight. Yeah, we had all, you know, Derek and Sue and I were all at the Bert Colonel Bruce thing, uh-huh. and you know that was a big heavy thing. So for, to get together and spend several weeks together over the summer was really fun, and we told a lot of stories and celebrated that, and uh, and bonded and. You know, I've known those guys for a long time. It was a real nice hang and reunion and got to collaborate and just hang out and do the thing. They played right after um, right after Greg Allman passed away. And yeah. I just, it was like two days later. Yeah. And I just, I can't imagine. I, I just have a lot of respect for yeah. getting up there and doing your thing when something heavy like that yeah. happens. I mean, you guys yeah. have been through a lot, you I, know. It's probably the most therapeutic thing you can, for some of us to yeah. do. That's just the way it is, I think. Just got to keep your head down and do it. Yeah, and it just feels good. That's what connected us to those people we lost anyway is the music. So True. that's how you keep them around, you know. Right, right. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you, all of them. All right. Pleasure. Cheers, man. Oliver Wood, everybody. Thank you so much, Oliver, for sitting down with us. Thank you so much to everybody who's listening. Go check out the Wood Brothers at thewoodbrothers.com. You can find them on all your social media. If they're coming to your town, don't miss their set. They ended up playing that night just a couple of hours after we sat down, and the set was incredible. It was absolutely beautiful, and those guys put on a great show every single time you see them. Don't miss them the next time they're coming around. They have a new record, as you mentioned, coming out soon, so be on the lookout for that. Thank you all so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, please go to uh, wherever you consume podcasts and give us a rating. If you like what you're hearing, spread the word. If you like what you're hearing, find us on social media and keep listening. Thank you so much. Episode 5, The Marinade with Jason Earl. Cheers, y'all.
good Saturday night music. Why don't y'all help us out? You ready? I call your response. A tonight, I might get loaded on a bottle of whiskey. On a bottle of whiskey. 